What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Bot, where have you been? What you left like weeks ago? Well, welcome back. What's what's going on, buddy? Uh, hey, yeah. Um, well, uh, sorry, sorry, I left in such a hurry. I I felt bad about you know the brains I collected, so I tried to get rid of them. You tried to get rid of them. Wait, it sounds like you weren't successful. Well, no, I successful it just it took me a while um in fact i couldn't find anyone to buy them to buy the brains <laughs> wait you, you tried selling a bunch of brains what did you go visit the black market like where do you go sell brains oh uh, well i tried everywhere i possibly could um you know pet stores uh ebay uh nobody seemed to want them so uh uh, don't worry, though. I, eventually, I got rid of the brains, so you don't have to worry about them anymore. Uh, I guess that's good. Um, you didn't get in trouble with the authorities or anything? Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no trouble with the authorities. But, um, I was just wondering, do you, uh, do you have a plunger? It seems like the toilet isn't flushing well. Buddy Bot, you didn't. Oh, no. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> Seriously? All right, friends, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, welcome back to the Fallout lore cast. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm still. I'm still. I just had to clean up. The bathroom, it was... The, Buddy Bot flushed the brains down the toilet somehow. Kind of mashed them up one at a time. I, Do you ever fix a toilet after somebody, you know, leaves something in it and then it doesn't flush well and then it's kind of a mess and then you've got to like sanitize the whole bathroom? Well, it's kind of like that. But with brains. Um, all right, we're going to move on. So uh, welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. And <laughs> I'm your host, Tom, or Robots. And uh, <laughs> I just wanted to address something. This is this is another episode where we're going to go over a vault. We're doing Vault 112. And the last time we went over a vault, I noted that we are running out of vaults. We're getting close to the end of the list. And I think um, one of, at least one of our listeners who left a wonderfully glowing review, thank you so much, um, may have misinterpreted that as the show is coming to an end. That is not in fact the case. So if I 
somehow accidentally gave that impression a few episodes ago. Don't be worried. The show is not coming to an end. Um, I didn't mean for that to be the impression. So uh, I just meant that, you know, the numbered vaults are limited and we're kind of getting to the end of that list. But there is plenty of content out there having to do with Fallout and all sorts of other topics we can go over. So I'm not going to be running out of material anytime soon. So just wanted to put that out there. Make sure you guys were aware that that is not a thing. So, um, yeah. So if you have any, ever have any questions about anything I say and it's, you know, ambiguous in any way, I try to be very clear, but you know, just write me a note. I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy to answer. And, um, yeah, so let's, let's move on from there. So we're talking about Vault 112 today. Vault 112 was a very important vault in the storyline of Fallout 3. And in order for you to get in the mindset of this vault, here, let's just go to this clip real quick. Hey there, sport. Beautiful day, isn't it? Say, you should go talk to Betty. She's waiting for you over on the playground. Have fun, sport. Hi there, I'm Timmy. Wanna play? It's okay, I guess. I don't really have nobody to play with, except for Betty. And she's kind of, well, she's mean. Your dad? Nope, I haven't. Did he get lost? Bye-bye. Oh, someone new to play with. What good luck I have lately. I was just starting to get bored. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. I'm Betty. I live here on Tranquility Lane. Want to play a game? <laughs> you don't get to say no. If I want to play a game, you're going to play. And I want to. So let's imagine that you are stuck in the Matrix. But instead of a bunch of AI robots programs that are mostly there to just keep the simulation going with no specific personal agenda and you live out your life like it's 1999 and you go to work and you, you do things and good things happen and bad things happen very much like the real world. Instead of that, you're stuck in a simulation, or at least your brain is, that is being run by a mad scientist with his own agenda who is absolutely bored out of his mind. That's the situation we have going on with Vault 112. And this episode is going to be a little tricky because... I have to paint the picture of what's going on here without ruining some of the some of the story from Fallout 3. There are some very important things that happen in this vault and I'm not going to go over that because it's too important to the storyline. I know a number of you have played Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 but never quite gotten into Fallout 3. Maybe even New Vegas but never played through Fallout 3. I recommend playing through Fallout 3. It still holds up pretty well. It's not like going back to one or two and all of a sudden things are very different and the graphics are very different. Go back to Fallout 3 and try it out. And when you get to Vault 112, you're going to understand what I'm talking about here. So let's let's just get in that mindset of you are in a world and it looks like 1950s America 
And there's a little girl who is tormenting the town and seems to be in complete control of everything that's going on. Well, that little girl is Dr. Stanislas Braun. Now, that name might be familiar. If you watched the live stream of the Fallout 76 uh, chat, a Fallout 76 story podcast that we did at Bethesda Game Days, then that name came up. And that is a very important figure in all of this. And quick side note, that uh, full episode, actual like studio recorded version of that episode is up on the chat of Fallout 76 podcast feed. So go listen to that. It's actually about 30% longer because we had to cut material in order to fit into that 50 minute time slot for the event. So if you want the actual full full length episode, go check that out. And if you haven't listened to that show yet, even if you haven't played Fallout 76, you don't have to have played Fallout 76. You just have to know how video games work and be a Fallout fan. That's all that's all it takes to really get into it. It's actually a very very good show. Um so go check that out. But let's dive in a little bit to Dr. Stanislas Braun before we get further into this vault. Now, we could do a whole entire episode on Dr. Braun. But the important bits that you need to know here is that he was a scientist who was interested in theories on advanced life preservation. And the U.S. Army had contracted him to develop various methods of uh, sustaining life. And he was born before the Great War. When you come across what he's doing in Vault 112, he's still very much alive. He's a two-centuries-year-old man who has been adjusting a simulation for 200 years in order to play God, let's say, with the population of the vault. And he keeps taking that simulation, playing through a scenario, and then eventually killing everyone off. And then he... Because he only kills them off in the simulation. They aren't actually dead in real life. It's not exactly like the Matrix. In the Matrix, if you died in the Matrix, your brain thought you were dead. It's not like that. Basically, if you die in one of his simulations, then you can be resurrected in the next simulation. And not only would he resurrect you in the next simulation, but your mind would be wiped from the previous simulation. So... You were doomed to this hell of 200 years, potentially. And anybody else who wandered into the vault, who got in one of these simulation pods, was doomed to this horrible, horrible existence of living a terrible life in a simulation, being toyed with by this mad scientist who was lacking in empathy in every single way and then eventually being killed over and over and over again. Not quite the situation you'd want to be stuck in. And this is the situation you come across in Fallout 3. You you wander into the vault, you get inside one of these pods and all of a sudden you are in the simulation and the simulation in this case is a lot like 1950s America and kids playing outside in a little neighborhood situation. And the recording that you heard earlier in this episode. Now, what would you do? 
How many iterations of this would it take you to realize that Betty, the little girl, is somehow commanding reality and toying with you? And is a wiping of your mind actually complete? Is there any bit of your subconscious that holds on to those previous iterations and starts to build up a kind of like a warning deep down underneath your psyche that something isn't wrong and that you need to fight back against this or somehow this isn't really reality. It's more of a dream state. I often wonder about that because in movies like the matrix, you have a situation where individuals start to feel like the world that they're in isn't quite real, that there's still some sort of disconnect between what reality is and the difference between that and where they currently are. If there is that part of your brain that somehow still doesn't ever feel connected with a simulation like this, then at what point do you become like a lucid dreamer, somebody who has trained themselves to be aware of when they're in a dreamlike state and then in some ways are able to deal with the world around them. But if you're in that state and it's still not your dream and you're not actually in control of it, then what can you do in order to work your way out? Do you just have to negotiate with what, is basically a mad god in your own consciousness? Can you convince yourself that this isn't really happening only inside your own brain and that your brain is actually plugged into some sort of other simulation? Are we capable of that as human beings? I'm not sure. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So thanks for tuning in, as always, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. Uh, This week, I wanted to put this out there into the world. I want to get your ideas. As we are getting closer and closer to the end of the Vault list, I want to hear your ideas for how you would design a Vault, what experiment you would run, 
what things and and you, you can come at this from either side, either a benevolence actually trying to understand humanity in order to help us survive, say, a, a long existence underground or a long trip to the stars or something like that. Or you can come at it from the idea of, you know, a mad scientist. What vault situation would you design? And I'd love to hear from you. You can either write to me on the Discord. Check out Robots Radio Discord. Just search it or, or check the show notes. It's it's The link is in there. Or you can send me a note on Twitter and at Fallout Lorecast on Twitter and then hashtag it uh, something like Vault Experiments. So hashtag Vault Experiments and send me a note on Twitter. And in a future episode, I would like to run through some of your thoughts about what vault you would design. I want to get kind of a big list of these and see what kinds of ideas you guys have. Because I know, I know you guys, you, you guys are smart. You're interesting people. You're listening to smart podcasts for interesting people. That's why you listen to the Robots Radio Podcast Network. Uh, 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 You get that kind of elbow that in. Um, But (laughs) I want to hear your thoughts on this because I have a feeling you guys are going to come up with some really, really trippy vault ideas. So just putting that out there. Um, Next week, we are doing the patron only episode and we have a I think we've got like 12 patrons at tier four now so this is going to be interesting we might have to split it into two separate episodes this is it's going to be so cool we're going to be talking about our favorite fallout game and why that is um and you still have time Uh, you still have time before the episode records it will be recording on the last sunday of the month which happens to be sunday the 29th this month so You've got this comes out very, very soon after after I record it and you've got a few days. So if you want to jump in on that Patreon episode, tier four, patreon.com slash fallout you're welcome to do that. And as always, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I've been getting some really, really stellar reviews. You guys are just so complimentary. Thank you so much. And if you want to drop me a review on whatever podcatcher you're listening to, then That would be awesome. iTunes is especially beneficial and useful for the show, but any anything that you're listening to at all still helps the show and I would highly appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the episode. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So usually I save the brain melting questions to the very end of the episode, but I decided to put that a little bit earlier in this episode. I hope I didn't uh, throw you for a loop there too much, but let's get into the Wikipedia article because I have to go over some of the specific details on this vault because I've got to get that stuff out there because it's important, you know? When the vaults were built and stuff, that stuff's important. Some people really like that stuff and, and build up a timeline of these things. So let's jump into it. Vault 112. Oh, and by the way, this comes from the fandom.com wiki article on Vault 112. So Vault 112 was one of the last vaults to be constructed. Interesting. One of the last ones. The construction started in November 2068 and finished in June of 2074. It was intended for only 85 occupants, suspended in a virtual reality world for the indefinite duration of the vault's experiment. Indefinite duration, meaning forever. The vault, or potentially forever, the vault was built to house and tend to the needs of its overseer, Dr. Stanislaus Braun, creator of the Garden of Eden Creation Kit, 
Very, very important dude. I'm going to do a complete episode just on Dr. Braun. Within it, Braun installed a virtual reality simulator and cryogenics system, initially containing several simulated utopias, the last of which being the Tranquility Lane simulation. And that's what you come into. Tranquility Lane is that little corner of a neighborhood or a little circular neighborhood that you kind of go into when you enter this uh, simulation. The system should have permitted a select few to live a perfect life virtually, if not practically forever. What Vault 112's occupants didn't know was that once they entered the virtual reality pods, Braun would exercise complete control over the simulation. They had no means of leaving on their own. They became his playthings, completely at his mercy. Dr. Braun, after becoming bored of various simulated worlds, would proceed to virtually kill each one of them. Each time after killing them, he would wipe their memory and resurrect them within the program. So this vault, the entrance at least, is inside Smith Casey's garage. It's like an underground vault. You go through some corridors and then you enter into the vault. The vault itself houses an entrance area similar to all the other vaults, which serves as the airlock and the only connection to the outside world. So very much a traditional vault layout, at least when you enter into it. A single passage in the entryway leads down to the main hall. In it are 12 tranquility loungers, arranged around a big pillar, each connected to a terminal which monitors the respective conditions of the subjects inside the loungers. There is also another tranquility lounger found in the overseer's office, located south of the main hall. The only medical unit of the vault is accessed east of the main hall, where the loungers are. Since it can't be maintained by human inhabitants as they're all in the Tranquility Loungers, Vault 112 is instead maintained by a group of special caretaker Robobrains. The Robobrains are non-hostile even if one attacks them and also lack combat inhibitors. When the player character enters the vault, they are told that their arrival is 2.23 years behind schedule. Due to the indefinite duration of Vault 112 experiment, the vault uses geothermal power exclusively, which is provided by a sure power geothermal unit and backed by an extra extra sure power geothermal unit. So it's actual it's called an extra x-tra sure power geothermal unit. That's a tricky sentence. The geothermal turbine level cannot be accessed. A Think Machine 3600R mainframe is housed in the main hall, as well as performing the functions of a normal vault computer system. It functions as the simulation control computer, running the main simulation program and synchronizing all the different Tranquility loungers. It appears linked to several smaller computers, one handling each lounger's graphical processing and its occupant's medical status. I love the detail in the design of these vaults that the level designers and the people coming up with these vault ideas thought through to, okay, how is this vault powered and how is the computer running things and how do we have to just design the layout so that things look connected in a logical way? They could have just put a bunch of terminals in and some random looking geothermal 
power things in each of the vaults and just been like, well, this is just how it is. But they actually think through all of these things. This is one of those things that I've, I've kind of, I don't think I've ever brought it up in an episode, but it's one of those things I notice every time we go through one of these vault articles is that they're, they're usually done very, very smartly. And if the layout isn't actually visible, then it's as if there was a doorway to a part of the vault that probably held something like that. And then that's what was collapsed. And so you just can't access it. Very, very smart design. I think that's something that's really cool about these games that brings about just that extra layer of detail that makes them feel like a real place. It goes on and says, because of it being maintained by robo brains and being better hidden than many others, Vault 112 is the only intact vault other than 101 in the Capital Wasteland. Very interesting. The outcome of this particular experiment is ambiguous. If Braun intended the simulator merely to satisfy his sadistic urges when he designed it, then it fulfilled its purpose completely. If, on the other hand, he sincerely intended to create a virtual heaven for the residents to live eternally, the fact that his godlike position subsequently drove him insane and made the other residents' existence in eternal hell would mean that the experiment was a failure. I think the failure here is putting an individual human in charge of what that virtual heaven would be like in giving them an indefinite lifespan. I think that's the failure here. Now, going back to the note about 112 being the only intact vault other than 101, I remember playing through this. And because this is a main storyline location, I didn't actually get to this vault until probably several hundred hours into the game. And after several hundred hours of finding other vaults, finding other locations, and pretty much everything you come across is in some sort of dilapidated state. There is, there's this feeling of shock or unexpected, I don't know. I, I remember walking into this vault and it looking basically pristine with a bunch of these robo-brains moving around and these little pods. And I spent a good amount of time in that one room just looking around because there was something about that that felt surreal. This space was different than the other spaces that I had come across. And because of that, I was very suspicious. Eventually you get in the pod because that's kind of the only option you have once you're in that vault. But the robo-brains don't attack you and everything looks like there should be people here but they're all in these casks basically basically they they could be burial tombs uh but they're not i remember that feeling really really odd and then you get into the simulation and of course everything gets even weirder from that point on now the one other thing that i'm going to point out here is the the simulation itself. And I don't want to ruin any of this because again, if you have the opportunity to play fallout three and it's been on sale, all sorts of places for as cheap as like five bucks. So go pick it up at some point, go play it and 
when you get into the into this vault and you get into the simulation, I hope you enjoy the part that includes the pint-sized slasher. And if you played through this, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, enjoy that part because it's it's kind of crazy in one of those wacky fallout kind of ways that is so particular to this series of games. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. And until next time, try not to put your brain in a simulation that turns into an, an, an eternal hell. Man, we've had a lot of eternal hells on this show lately. Um, <laughs> be, be careful about that. And if you are in isolation, uh, keeping yourself separated from the rest of the world, I hope you're being safe. I hope you're keeping active. I hope you're making the best of it. And I know some of this is going to be very rough for some people, especially when it comes to being able to make a living or make ends meet. Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about what to say about that, but feel free to jump into the discord and if you just need some friends, somebody to talk to, we're there for you. Uh, thanks for being part of this community, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at Fallout Lorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.